Welcome to Miami Nice. Welcome to Miami Nice. Woo! I'm your host, Blake Howard, a co-host, and this is... I'm the partner, I'm Katie Walsh. Oh my God, it looks like my microphone is coming out of Jamie Foxx's dick if you're watching the video of this podcast right now. So that's just the best place for this show to start. Yeah, Welcome- I think so. I think it's appropriate. <laughs> Welcome to a show that Katie and I decided to do because we want to talk about Miami Vice over drinks once a week, sometimes a room temperature mojito. I forgot to make ice, so I'm having, I'm having a toasty <laughs> mojito, but I did grow this mint by myself, so. Oh, that's extremely impressive. I forgot limes. I got sugar. I got mint. I, I even, I was like, I'm going to make a syrup here. We can make something here. And I'm like, I was even going to make a dirt, like a spice rum mojito. And I was like, nah, didn't happen. So, well, what can you do? So Net one week we will get it right. <laughs> one week we will have all the ingredients and it will be like, Oh, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> one week it will happen. So, um, we got our blazers on, we started drinking and we decided that, you know, Miami Vice, Michael Mann's 2006 questionable masterpiece is the best place to start talking about movies that we love, but also that we can be completely puzzled by. Is that probably a good way to start, Katie, where we started? Because our love of talking about movies that are odd really started with you challenging me to talk about Den of Thieves as part of a conversation on heat, which hurt me inside, but we did it anyway. I know that that like crushed you in many ways, but um, <laughs> it was also a lot of fun to talk about. Like watching the movie was hard and talking <laughs> about it was fun. Um, this, I mean, this movie is is obviously better than Den of Thieves, but yes. the, like my favorite feeling to have in a movie, I mean, obviously is like, oh, it's brilliant. But my second favorite feeling to have is like, where you're just like, what? And also I <laughs> love this. And like, this is insane, but also brilliant. And like, I like where all of your, your feelings are just roiling and you're like, this is like, all of these lines are kind of stupid, but I enjoy <laughs> them. Like, and it's like, and it's like, you got your tan in Miami. It's like, I wish I could be that hot with that hair to have to say that line and not for people to think that I was a complete idiot, not to just be kicked out of a place. It's like, you have to be that attractive, that confident, that mustache, and then you can have that conversation. And it's sort of like this movie is like the embodiment of that spirit that, that the Colin Farrell Crockett, just like bold, unapologetic, kind of cheesy, but also cool. Yes, Like, I think that's like, totally what this movie is i think it was it was funny the other day i read a tweet from a miami vice stan and friend of the show bill gabiri who said i love i kind of love that feeling of watching a movie that when you're watching it you know you love it and most people are gonna hate its guts like you really like that and i'm like so it's weird but like my experience with miami vice um uh happened a lot like that like i went and saw it with my best friend at the movies like day and date it was opening night i came out and i was like had some cheesiness had some stuff but i'm a michael mann guy so i was like i love this i was like i'm in i love it he watched it he's like this is great 
this is such a great movie. Well, like, what are we talking about? It's great. Great. And as we walked out, it's one of the only times I've ever been in a theater other than like a film festival where people were openly shitting on the movie. Like before we'd even left the cinema, like the, to the, the line out the door was like, that movie sucked. Colin Farrell, what the hell is going on with his face? I didn't get it. Who was that character? What was this? What was that? It's like, that sucked. Oh my like, God, it's such a waste of money. What's time? I don't know. What, what was that ending? And I was like, God, people are pretty angry. And then obviously it's the budding internet at that time. So people are like only talking about it. And then for many years, it was just like, oh, one of the crap Michael Mann movies. But now it's like had this reemergence as this kind of exactly as you said, I think, which is like, it's got this masterful stuff, but it's also like, there's a cheese about watching it that's just so great as well. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think right now, especially right now, it's having its like cult reappreciation. There's been essays written about it and people are watching it a lot more. I mean, there are like some diehard defenders of it on online too. And like, you know, I, I dared to say that it was too long after watching the director's <laughs> cut. People got very mad at me for saying such a controversial thing. Um, this movie, the director's cut is almost two and a half hours long, I just want to say. And, and by the way, theatrical cut is canon. Yes. Yeah, I think we can say on this show definitively that I, lo- I love the theatrical cut way more than this. Like, way yeah, more. Yeah, there's like a couple things from the director's cut that I would like keep in the theatrical, but like, you got to have that opening. The opening rules. It's so, so cool. When you've just got that like slow motion, Go fast boats, and this is the show that's going to say the no, word. That's, the, that's the that's the directors. No, no, that's too slow. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally it's too slow. Like you're like they're there, and you see them in their suits and stuff. It's like meh. It's like I don't need to know any of this. Like that, no. that like complete like smash cut to needle drop Lincoln Park slash Jay Z. The audacity, <laughs> the audacity to have just universal logo black. Needle drop to Numb Encore by Lincoln Park and Jay-Z, <laughs> which by the way, I listened to dozens of times to prepare for this. Um, and then it's just like, girl in front of a screen. And it's like, what <laughs> is happening? <laughs> You're like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm really into it. I think if someone doesn't begin my eulogy with a fade to black and then a needle drop to <laughs> Numb Encore, <laughs> Then I haven't lived. I haven't really lived. Like, I, I, it has to start with that. Yeah, like, it's just, it's awesome. You get the vibes. You're in a club straight away. Like, it's a really immersive thing. And it happens in TV shows a lot. Like, and I think, um, you know, we take it for granted in a show where you already get the characters, but it is like a mad TV show maneuver. You just, like, drop them. You drop the characters that we already know into a new place doing something cool or they're undercover. Like, there's been a million undercover TV shows, right? So you're just like, oh, they're doing something cool or whatever. But then what's awesome, so awesome about this movie is that they haven't done any of that pre-work. Like there's no preamble, there's nothing. It's like, you're going to get to know these folk on the fly with them doing what they're doing and you either catch up or you get left behind, but the movie doesn't care. It, It thinks you're smart enough to get through it. But also we do have a little bit, like even if you've never seen the Miami Vice TV show, like you know it's like Crockett and Tubbs and they're like undercover guys and the name is right there in the title. So you're just like, all right, like, yeah, I get it. They're doing their, you know, undercover thing. And like, all you need is just like a couple of those like establishing shots that he does. It's like, here's the boys on the phone, (laughs) on speakerphone together. Yes, I know they're listening. Hi guys. Um, you know, it's like you get, you get your, your Dominic Lombardar, Lombardazzi. I don't know how to say his name. Like 
you get your your Trudy with um, Crockett. You know, it's just like you're like, okay, you know, Justin Thoreau has a tiny bit of technology. You're like, I get it. <laughs> yes, it's and and that that whole interplay between all those folk. It's like I'm total. I'm just I'm all in. Like that moment happens, and then you see them, and then he goes and buys that drink, and it's like, you know, you're just in. You're like. I feel like that's a moment where you're either completely in with a fade from black to numb encore or you're out. Like, it's like, am I in or out? And then when it's it's like, okay, I'm in, I'm in guys. I'm in. Yeah. Like you have me, you had me at numb encore. I'm ready for this. (laughs) I'm so ready. And you know, I feel like we've talked a lot about how much we love when when Crockett goes to get the drink and he's laying these like shitty lines down on this poor bartender who by the way i've been a bartender in the caribbean making mojitos sucks anybody who orders <laughs> sucks you're like god damn it now i have to like muddle thing oh just order rum and coke um so anyway but like you know he's like where'd you get your tan and she's just like uh oh, this guy but she's kind of into it too but now that i think about it i'm like should he be ordering drinks is this like part of the ruse or is it like just him being like you know, like you're on the clock, buddy. He knows. <laughs> and, and also, this is the question that I have, and this is a great question to start off this show. I actually think the two mojitos are for him. The gin and tonic is for Trudy. One of them's not for it's not for Tubbs. I think yeah. that second mojito. I reckon he's doing sometimes what I do is I get home and I pour myself a spice rum and coke with lime. And the first one is just down the hatch, baby. It's yeah. like, see ya. And then, okay, just now I'm going to be an adult. Started. <laughs> now that's just a te- you know, aperitif. And then we get into drinking like a normal human being again. But like, that's the, like, that's that moment where he does that. It's just, it's, it's just to show that he's a charmer in the same way that it's to show how badass Tubbs is like taking down like five security guards. Like one's introduced flirting with a waitress and the other <laughs> one is like kicking 10 guys' asses in there. It's, it's so, so awesome. In the in the Michael Mann like mythology of you know men doing jobs good, which is what all his movies are about, yes. because yeah. that's who I think that's who he thinks he is. Um, uh, and he he's it's like that manifest destiny, you know that stupid saying. It's like don't right. you know like don't don't you know like fake it till you make it or whatever. It's like a fake it till you become it. Sometimes like people like put that spin on it, but yeah. it's like if you approach it like that and you're super prepared, then the thing that you want to come out in the work is all of that stuff. So yeah, like he's, he's obsessed with that. He's obsessed. But I was like, who, I was like, who is the character in this? Who's like good at his job. And it's Tubbs. Like Tubbs is the guy. Tubbs is real good. Gets the shit done. Yes. And like Crockett's good too, but he's a wild card. He's complete driving back card. from Cuba at two days later. <laughs> like, like walk of shame. <laughs> Tubbs like, where the hell have you hey, been? <laughs> that's the fucking coolest walk of shame. It is. Ever. It absolutely is. <laughs> In a go fast boat from yeah. Cuba illegally into Miami. Yeah. It's as badass as it gets. Going like 90 miles an hour. <laughs> it is crazy boat. Yeah. No, um, like, but I think that that's what's good is like man really balances with both of them who's like, that wild card nature of him, especially like at the beginning, it seems like it's a, um, it seems like, and, and I think this is where he's going is like one guy has to be like this glacial, like poker face. You can't do anything. And one guy has to be a 
a bit of a nutcase because criminals are nutcases and they do crazy things. And so it's like this guy after hanging around on this time, he's like living life on the edge. Like that's him living on the edge. And it's what's even cooler about this is that like, especially if you, if you've heard recent interviews with Farrell where he actually talks about Miami vice and there's a great one on the ringer podcast network where he's like, I was so drunk. I can't really remember most of the movie. It was like, this is at a <laughs> yeah. time when he wasn't sober. And so he's like, no wonder he's a wild man. Like all the choices he's making are under the influence, much like this show. Everything we say will be under warm mojitos or uh, <laughs> questionable choices. <laughs> questionable choices or, you know, under the influence of alcohol. So like right. that's, the, that's that whole crazy alchemy of like, there's this whole other thing happening. But yeah, no, I think that, man this is like a flex for a man of like you see in it's it's almost like this is the tubs v uh john ortiz's character show like uh you know yeah. the, the the crazy pig jose euro like it's like yeah. because tubs is the guy who's got the poker face tubs is the guy who's coordinating the team tubs is the guy who's doing that sort of stuff and it's like on each of their teams, they've got these wild cards, and you've got Isabella as a massive wild card, and you got and you got um, Crockett uh, as a um, as a massive wild card. So, I think it's like he he loves he loves having those professionals around, but much in the same way, you when you've got like the action is the juice. I'm in like with Michael Torito and Heat. You've got these guys that are on the outside or Belushi's character in Thief. You've got these folk that are on the tangents who are like they'll cut a corner. Right. They'll cut a corner. Yeah, totally. And I also think that like specifically for the work that they do, like you need to have Crockett be a little feral because yes. You know, the, you know, Montoya and Yero are like, yeah, okay, this guy is a transport dude. He's not a undercover cop, so he like kind of helps their cover because he seems totally untrustworthy. <laughs> yeah. They're like if this guy was a cop, he would totally yeah. get up to some shit. So we can control that. Like we're good. <laughs> right. He's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. They're like, with that mustache and that hair? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like at the bouncer. No, no, no. Not in those yeah. shoes. Not with that mustache yeah. in here. Get out of here. Get out of here, man. Uh, so people have been asking what the hell this show is, including folks that are actually on the One Heat Minute Productions Network. <laughs> like, what is this show that you and Katie are going to do? And I think it's, I think the thing that we wanted to say that this is, is like, we're not going to go sh- through Miami Vice minute by minute. We're going to talk about... That would be insane. (laughs) Yeah. If we did that, commit us. You know when Jamie Foxx is like, are you in so far? Like, we qualify, I was like, you think I'm in so far? You think I'm like too deep? I've I've gone over the edge? Like, that would be us. Like, we'd have to have an intervention from friends. It's like, it's done. We'd have our our blazers would be just getting like ragged and sweaty and we'd be all like haggard looking just like one minute, one twelve. We both look like John Voight from Heat like by midway in the show, like just a hot mess, hot mess, hard. No, but I think, uh, so it's not going to be a minute by minute podcast. It's going to be a, like, we're going to tackle this movie in every way that we can. You're going to, we're going to talk about characters. We're going to talk about actors. We're going to talk about accents. We're going to talk about drinks. We can talk about clothes. We're going to talk about the different versions of the movie. And we're occasionally going to have some cool people who may or may not want to spill the beans about their participation in parts of this. We're going to have cool guests who are absolutely those people that want to like, like strap us down and make us do minute by minute of this, of this movie. 
but we really just want to come past every week and have a couple of drinks with you guys and talk Miami nice about Miami Vice um, because it is just so fun. Like it is, it is like such a deeply fun movie to talk about, whether you love it, whether you hate it, whether you love, hate it, whether you like think it's completely fucking lunacy. It, it, like it's just a great, it's a great movie because you can engage with it on so many levels and you can have so much fun doing it. And like there, everyone is earnestly making the shit out of this movie as much fun or as chaotic as it is. Totally. We're just having a blast because I think that that's what enjoying this movie is all about is just like yes. kind of being able to laugh at it, but also being able to appreciate it and like see what's awesome and artful about it. And then also just being like, what's happening. <laughs> and I think that like, yeah, we're just going to like sort of pick our favorite elements and, and just dive deep on those, those uh, parts of it. Yeah, I mean, there may be a whole episode on Jamie Foxx's fake orgasm. Like, there could be. <laughs> Anything is possible. Anything is possible. There could be a whole episode on Jose Yura, like John Ortiz's oh. accents, like, because he's just so wonderful. There could be a whole episode on the line, I love disco. Like, there could just yes. be a whole episode on that. Like, you don't know, and we don't. We might be three mojitos in. Either. I mean, I, I desperately want to deep dive on this soundtrack. Yeah, because it's... <laughs> It's as you, I think, as I think you said, this is what I, this is my favorite part about doing a show with Katie is that I get a text and it's just like, <laughs> this soundtrack is crazy. Like, <laughs> it's, like it's just, it's, this soundtrack is crazy. And I'm like, I mean, yeah. it's, it, and the funny thing is like, when you listen to Michael Mann's commentary, he's like got like specific reasons for every single song. And you're like, for that song, like for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah Michael. and that's what makes it great i mean he, he has reasons for every single thing that appears and you're like okay i'm just i'm just gonna go with it sure you're like yeah okay yeah. i'm in yeah right he's and, he's passionate about it so we have to be passionate about it too yeah it's and you know there's always opportunities to be like you can there's no more like a deliberate filmmaker in the world than michael mann like, I, can, I think I can almost definitively say that as like a guy who's making all the choices and being so close to every element of his movies as Michael Mann, like so fastidious and crazy and controlling that that's what like the people who like partner with him, they love is because they're like, man, I'm safe. Like if I like the vision of what this is doing, I know that I've got the guy who's going to get me there. Like they're in. So it's like, I think that's a kind of comforting thing, but it's also then it also can be batty. Like you look at the whole soundtrack, <laughs> like there's a whole, there's a whole thing of like, if you dive deep enough, you know that He's referencing the pilot episode of Miami Vice and then having covers from new bands that, of songs that were in the original pilot cuts because he had influence over like the song choices down to that stuff. Right. So crazy shit that are like all ties back. And that's one thing that this show is not going to be about as much. We are going to talk about the Miami Vice show occasionally, but Katie right. and I are not doing a minute by minute analysis of the show. That's like no. too, too hard for us to do. We, we can acknowledge that it exists. <laughs> yes, we can acknowledge that Don Johnson looks better than any man has ever looked in pink pants. True, true. Pink yeah, pants, we, white shirt, rolled up. Like, I mean, we're going to have our blazers with our rolled up sleeves. Like, we're ready. We are ready for this. Um, I, there's some truths universally acknowledged. And, like, Don Johnson, Miami Vice, like, we'll just, we're just going to acknowledge that as a universal truth. His, um, and, yeah, and the soundtrack, I mean, my God – the audio slave alone my god uh, let me rest michael man <laughs> chris cornell is like wailing again i'm like jesus <laughs> christ 
I love Chris Cornell, but I (laughs) and it happens over a couple of movies. It had like the 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 needle drops in Collateral are like bangers. You're like, oh, it's great. Yeah, and like in this movie, you can see why he's doing the same thing. It's like, is that the choice? Who knows? (laughs) Is it? Is you know what, but it, wor- it works for the vibe. It works for the, the unique vibe that, that it evokes, which is something that I, I both want to celebrate and sort of like poke fun of at a little bit. So I hope everyone's okay with that. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, look, there is nothing in this movie as ridiculous as Gerard Butler eating a donut in a crime scene in Den of Thieves. No, there is not. But we can but... enjoy some elements of this movie with the same amount of fervor that he enjoys that donut is what For I'm sure. saying. Yeah. The, the <laughs> Miami Vice 2006 is our donut. We are chomping into. And we're picking it up out of that crime scene and we're yeah. eating it up. Yes. Heart. And we're teasing people who don't wear blazers and will wear leather jackets. Uh, just like, just like Gerard Butler. But no, it's a, it's a, it's a cracker of a movie. It's such a, it's like, and it's also, you know, I think the fun thing, we're going to like talk about it, we're going to celebrate it, but I feel unlike Heat or unlike other movies that I've done podcasts on or talked about or that we've talked about together, there's like a secret history of this movie that exists out there. Like this movie has some history. And so we can't promise that that's going to come up, but if people are willing to like come on the show and talk to us about this you know, we will talk to folk about it because it's like, it's a fascinating thing because it's like this huge movie, this huge potential franchise in the mid 2000s, like in the mid 2000s and people are excited and they're two massive actors and one of them's just recently come off Oscar. So it's huge. It's, it's okay. Successful. It's not a complete garbage fire of a flop, but it's just like they've made worse sequels out of things that have come out of television properties and things like that. and And it's like, it's so funny that like, you see even on the press tours and you see them like, Oh yeah, we had fun. And you know, the interviews and things like that. And they're just also super fascinating. So there's lots of like curriculum of funny interviews. You can watch of Miami Vice where Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx tell the interviewer they had so much fun working together. And you're just like, it was hurricane season. A security guard got shot. They were shooting in like Paraguay. Yes. Tick, tick. Uh, what else? Like Jamie they Fox completely, afraid, they, they, they completely afraid of planes or something? Uh, like, yeah, J- Jamie Foxx refused to travel uh, internationally after the last right. person got shot. They had to completely rewrite the end of the movie to end um, out of you know out of uh, South America, which was the original right. ending of the movie, and like completely change everything to bring it back on shore into Miami. A whole bunch of things happened, and uh, yeah, just the the controversy is there in the ether, like it's out there, but. Uh, I, I sometimes think that that like kind of makes for when you learn about it, especially when you learn about it, like after the fact that kind of makes for like really fascinating movies. Cause you're like, that's one of the things that's kind of scary good about this movie. And it's the same sort of thing that happens in like the Coen brothers, no country for old men is that some of the shots like outdoors on rooftops, like that, like you said, hurricane season, mm-hmm. it's like lightning happening in the background. There's just like amazing, just like pure cinema you can't plan for like the lightning to underscore or punctuate a sentence, but it does it in this movie. And you get that, and then it's like, oh yeah, like that's Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit, what? Yeah, what? I mean, it's like I think that that element of it, like that kind of unrest, like really informs like sort of the tension of the movie, where you're like, 
like when hurricanes happen, like the barometric pressure drops and everybody feels kind of weird and it's hot and still and the sky is roiling and you're just like, there's this element of just like unease. And like, I think that that sort of uh, exists throughout the film in a way where you're just like waiting for the other shoe to drop in some of these situations. And, and then it's like a tone poem. And like, I think Michael Mann made this, like, I think he was like, okay, I'm going to make this like very serious, like authentic movie about these, you know, vice cops in Miami. And then made this like, these movies, this movie where it's kind of more of like a vibe and a mood and like an aesthetic and you've got neon and water and clouds and like the plane flying across the cloud. And it's just, you're just like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. Even in the director's cut, like I think that the boat race is gorgeously photographed, but totally narratively unnecessary. Like everything (laughs) we learn in that scene is like, we can figure out if we're just watching it um, in the theatrical. But, uh, you know, I think like it it is ahead of, it feels way ahead of its time. Like I keep forgetting that it's 2006 and, um, you know, just in the way that it kind of captures like atmosphere, but at the same time, like it is, you know, layered with all of this like authentic research and like, these are the gangs who would be doing this. And this is the history of this character. And this is the history of that character. And like, the references to the show and so it's like a very rich text even if like when you're just enjoying it you're just enjoying it for like the surface pleasures i um our like a friend of one heat minute productions and author and screenwriter jordan harper he's got this great novel an award-winning novel in fact um called she rides shotgun and when you read jordan's novel like he rattles off like he's got an ex-con character and he rattles off all these la gangs and it's like one of those novels where you're reading it and you know and you hear Jordan talk about it, like how much research he did to, to like, to figure out all these like nuances, all these weird gangs and stuff. And it's like, that's a very Michael Mann thing. Cause he's like, especially when they're asking what the gangs are, what are they? Nazi Lowriders, Aryan Brotherhood, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And so sometimes you have to actually stop like the benefit of like watching things on streaming or having them on Blu-ray or DVD. Like you'd fast forward and you're like, okay, get the subtitles on what the hell were all those gangs and where are they from? And can I Google yeah. them and stuff? Like this is the kind of movie that this is. It's got so much like, great stuff and there's great special effects and it looks good and then it's but then in the next moment it's like you know like let's ride to havana my cousin can illegally smuggle you in and like does that boat go fast yeah (laughs) it goes goes very fast katie it goes very fast yes (laughs) (laughs) it does it does go fast so it's just one of those things where that's what this whole damned crazy experiment uh of us talking about it is all about it's just like it is such a fun that's what this thing is that's what we want this show to be for you guys who are listening or watching what and and we want you and probably uh we want to be bad influences we want you to like have a drink on a friday yeah. with us every friday yeah. throw on miami vice have it go from fading to black straight into numb encore and just like have a few drinks yeah Get, get in your like onesie leotard that actually has a hood on it for whatever reason and dance against a silhouette screen uh, for your friends and family <laughs> in isolation. And, and that's, and like listen to us talk nonsense about Miami Vice and occasionally um, have other folk on to talk uh, to us. Occasionally well. talk not nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> but in equal measure, there'll be some right. mostly not. Yeah nonsense and then other times try and be you know semi-insightful about some of the things because i love the, i love this movie like i love it like it, what's and all whatever flaws you may say in it or if you if you're kind of religious about it 
Um, I just love, I, I love this movie. It's so fun. And it's so watchable too. Like it's one of those great ones that you can just throw on. It's rewatchable. It goes again and again and again. And, 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 and in this movie, I think you don't need to focus as much as I think you said, put it perfectly. And you're like, it's a bit of a tone poem. It's a bit of a hang. Like you just put it on and you're like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well the light, it's too light in here. And you turn the lights down a bit. You need to grab a drink. Okay, cool. I can sort of hear what's happening in the background here. I'll come in right. and cruise in and all right. Yep. We're with Nicholas. Let's, let's get started. And it's so sort of like densely plotted and sort of goes crazy places that like, I think trying to understand every single tiny detail is is not the way to watch this movie. I think the way to watch this movie is just to sort of like, let it wash over you and like take in the aesthetic and the music and like the performances. But if you're just like, wait, which gang did which thing and who was the undercover and the, like, like that's not the way to watch this movie. <laughs> Just be like, yeah, okay, I'll figure it out by the end. Okay, that's kind of how I watch this movie anyway. I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll just say they're like doing a shootout. Okay, um, cool. Like, I'm sure that shootout. everything will be fine. <laughs> shootout, fine. Jamie Foxx saying a cool line, like wearing sunglasses. I'm in. Exactly. I'm in. Fine. Yeah. Next. Talking about like, boats. Vector. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Whatever. Like, I'm in. Like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> fine. It will make sense. Yeah. That's that, that. It's the sense, you know, is the sense doesn't, it's not required. It's not a barrier of entry. I don't think with this movie, I think it's like, if you're in for the hang, you get into it. And I think that people have come to appreciate it now. Cause like, it's so weird. Like it's 14, nearly 14 years since it's released. So it's like kind of crazy nearly nearing that 15th anniversary. And it's like, it's now that people are just like, Oh, this is a great, this is great for that hang vibe. This is great for that tone vibe. This is, great to look at Michael Mann's career to have a look at where he was going and sort of like watching that essay of like professionals and some of it's about fame with Ali, some of it about infamy with public enemies. And then it's these guys, it's kind of on the borderline of both. You need a guy who like looks like he's crazy and, and like a criminal and potentially infamous. <laughs> and you, you need someone who's like completely like Neil McCauley's in and undercover. And yeah. Um, yeah, like it's, it's one of those fun things. Whereas like some people like public enemies are like, oh, cool. It's like heat, but like in the olden days. And it's like, no, like really heat is, you know, Miami Vice. It's like Vincent Hanna is Colin Farrell and then Neil McCall is Jamie Foxx. Yeah. This is what it's like if they're partners because yeah, right. they get to work together. And, and those, those extremes of personality um, and that similarity is kind of that fun. And yeah, it's, it's, it's this movie is, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a barrel. And awesome. we haven't even got really to Gong Lee like learning the whole movie, learning how to speak English phonetically for the whole movie, not really understanding anything. Right. Like she's so wonderful. Um, there's just so much to love. Yeah. She's amazing. And, and I love on the, on the director's cut or on the commentary, Mike, Michael Mann talks about how she and Colin Farrell took like three months of salsa lessons for like a 30 second shot of them <laughs> dancing. I mean, then that just goes to like the sort of rigor of his own, um artistry and his craft where he's Eddie like, and I, I are will... taking three months of salsa lessons for this show yes <laughs> to, to eventually dance <laughs> to eventually at the very final episode we will perform a dance on zoom <laughs> <laughs> hey i could do it i could do it i could do it right now uh, look, look, you you certainly could. I'd need to get your curriculum of YouTube dance videos to like. Yeah, dance. I'll send you a few. I'll send you a few. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, like no, that's that's the kind of crazy. And also those two, like all the three of them, actually, Michael Mann and Gong Lee and, and Colin Farrell, like going to Cuba. Like although they didn't shoot in Cuba, like going to Cuba together, Michael Mann just like taking a camera and like taking photos of them in places as like sort of 
photographic storyboards and there's so many crazy there's like that wouldn't happen in other movies it just wouldn't and it wouldn't like and a studio is kind of that's where he's unique it's like a studio is not going to be like yeah sure take a trip to cuba where you're right. technically not allowed to go with uh right. with colin farrell and gong lee because we're going to be totally fine with that but michael mann finds a way to do it yeah it's also interesting because i think in terms of his career and and who and his sort of mission like this is a movie he's been wanting to make for 30 years like yeah. he wanted to make miami vice um a movie when it was being pitched as a tv show and it was already like you know had a deal to be a tv show so it's like something that he's been like you know perseverating yeah. on for like three decades and being like when am i gonna get my hands on this and like you know really do this story justice and like update it to the 2000s and like you know uh make it as contemporary as he could and like not like a sort of an 80s like retro like haha cocaine cowboys like kind of thing or like blow or the you know the infiltrator you know those like retro throwback movies but being like i'm gonna ground this in reality and like this person is gonna be cast like this race because in paraguay they have a lot of asian people and like this person is gonna be um, you know, speaking this language and this mural is from wherever the fuck it is. And like, <laughs> you know, and you're like, cool, bro. I don't know that I like fully got all of that, but like, I love that you did that. <laughs> I, I just want to believe that like one screening once, it's actually Michael Mann himself in a disguise going, so what'd you think of the mural in the Jose Euro scene to just like punters coming out of the theater? Like, like the mural? Like, glasses what? on like loved that mural very authentic <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, i saw one just like that in haiti it's like yeah. like no no that's not what it but is but you no. can tell that like for him being like i licensed this damn mural from rio and i repainted it in wherever we shot this and it's there for me and that's all that matters <laughs> that's like <laughs> That's why you love Michael Mann because right, totally. for him, that was so vitally important. And you can totally see a studio head going, wait, you spent $20,000 to license a mural from Rio and you flew down there and then you flew the artist here to paint it in Haiti on a wall for like five days and we had to put them up. It's like, why does that need to be in the budget? And it's like, no, it, it like, it needs, yeah. it needs to be there. That's why you go to a Michael Mann movie because in there you can totally. see you can be like, yes, of course. Exactly what you were saying, where you like, you feel like you know that like he has done the work. So you just like feel like held by that. Like you're like, I know that this is crafted <laughs> in a way that is like going to be, you know, at the top of its level. Man's got to do a job. Man Man's doing a job. job. He's doing a job. He's doing a and, job. And he's going to give you a big snuggle like Barry Shabaka <laughs> Hanley. And it's just going to feel like you're just getting like this beautiful, hold me. Hold me, Barry Shabaka Hanley. Hold me. And you're just like, I'm in. This, yeah. I, this, yeah, this is exactly what we want. We want you guys to hopefully listen along and watch along. Um, and, and if you're just listening along on the podcast, this will be in the One Heat Minute feed. Um, and uh, you're listening in early May. Um, and we're going to drop every Friday. And then if you go to oneheatminute.com, there'll be a little Miami Nice blog that you can see there. And every one of our shows will be there. And our uh, video will be hosted there if you prefer to see our faces. <laughs> so the people our, are watching. Awesome. Our, our drinks our blazers our, our, our drinks my, 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 my finished drinks 
I'm like, God damn, I need more. I have to run away and get another one. You should have ordered two, two at a time. Good done. I heard you get it down in Miami. So <laughs> you know good. what? He, you know, that bar looked really crowded. And so it is a smart move to like, once you finally get in to get two drinks instead, of, instead of having to fight your way back in. So, yeah. And I, I want to say RIP to Sydney's best mojito bar, which was actually called. So this is, this is, this is a deep cut for Miami Vice fans. So where where he says, do you know a good place to get mojitos? Because she's like, you like mojitos? He's like, I'm a right. fan of mojitos. And she's like, La Baguita de Medio. And it actually means the warehouse in the middle, La Baguita de Medio. And she's like, and he, and he goes, where is that? It's like Havana. And in Sydney, there was a bar that was called La Baguita de Medio. Uh, and they is... did savagely good mojitos, Katie. Like, un freaking believable mojitos and then they changed their name because no one could say in australia la baguita de media because we don't have a big spanish population spanish speaking like in la or in mm. florida so they were like okay cool we're calling it the cuban place because everyone in oz just like oh the cuban place like yeah <laughs> so they changed it to what everyone was calling it anyway they would make these unbelievable mojitos so they would have like stacks of like chopped lime stacks of all this fresh mint like a huge amount of ice like simple syrup so it's just like sugar and water together and they'd just be like hammering out these mojitos all the time and when they first opened they were like 10 bucks a mojito so you'd walk up with like a 20 and always get two mojitos nice and they were just absolutely incredible and it was also a dangerous place because you just go up and like throw a $50 note down, like if you flush from payday and you're like, five mojitos and you go five back, to your table, back to your table. No change. I don't need any change. Thank you very much. And you just sort of go back. And it's one of those things that was just outstanding. But goddamn Sydney rental prices went up and they shut down. And uh, I just always remember La Baguita de Medio because I was like, I knew how to say it. I, I knew how to say it because it was in Miami Vice. You have to find that owner. And see if that was like what the inspiration, you know, was for that. And and when I find him, he's going to be wearing a blazer and a t-shirt. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm almost positive. You I'm a hundred percent sure. I'm a hundred percent sure. Um, but, um, and it's getting to be summer, so make yourself a mojito. And look, yourself. And if you're in Australia, it's winter. Warm up with a mojito on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, warm up with a mojito. I went to get rum today, and the guy was like, "Yeah, mojito sounds good." I was like, "He's gonna make a mojito later." I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we'll do one. Some episodes might be a two mojito show. Um, some, may, some may even be three. And then Katie will cut us off. She'll be like, "All right, Blake, Blake's." cooked guys we're out of here see ya i'll just be like on the floor <laughs> like we can't see her anymore <laughs> uh katie's falling down guys we're out for this week we'll yeah, catch the next episode <laughs> i'm like dancing to numb on core for the third time <laughs> oh god so yeah that's that's kind of uh or we just even forget that's how we hope for this podcast to go <laughs> yeah that the best case scenario is that one of us is on the floor by the end of every episode. <laughs> and if you can be on the floor too, we commend you. Um, so yeah, this is Miami Nice. Miami Nice. <laughs>